out of a out of a giant bin at cash sales when it was uh it looked it was like a uh i don't know like a zombie apocalypse like there were just people there was the first real shipment we've had on base in twenty nine palms and people were just rifling through them and throwing them everywhere basically and I saw like first sergeants mixing it up with like lance corporals and stuff like trying to like you know, fight for for these camouflage, you know, these new digital digital uniforms, and I managed to actually find a set that fit me, um, and I started wearing them around. I remember, like almost immediately, and uh, much to the derision of everyone that I uh, <laughs> that I came in with, and um, you know, for a while there, like anyone who wore digital camouflage was was called a digiboot or a or a uh, just plain boot. Um, what do you think, Jeff? Well, I definitely agree with what Justin said. I mean, you know. In a peacetime Marine Corps, uh, you definitely have that instant visual indicator of, of who's a dirtbag. I, I will say this, uh, in, in my experience, I, I was in from 99 to 09. Uh, we might have lost, you know, a little bit having the Marines having to, you know, care for their uniforms. But I think what we gained in the, uh, I guess, non-peacetime Marine Corps is technical experience, um, I guess that just comes with uh, having to spend all that extra time uh, concentrating on something that will keep you and your buddies alive. I mean, I I can't think of any time when I was a boot when I knew how to call in a non-line medevac. Uh, You know, every Marine nowadays, you know, from the moment they hit the fleet can, you know, on the, you know, drop of a hat, tell you how to call in a non-line. I mean, there's you know, give and take, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was distressing at first, I think to, uh, anytime you have a culture shift like that, it's, it's bad, I suppose, or it's, you think it is and it's changed, but it's a damn good looking uniform compared to the pajamas that the army and the air force wear and the, uh, and, and the Navy, like it's, uh, and the Navy's wearing those, those stupid things that don't blend in with anything except for like the water. So if they go overboard, they can't find them. Um, you know, it's like it looks like t- they're actually they're actually getting rid of those. I heard that. I heard yeah, that. I heard they're, that they're, they're getting rid of those. I think the the Air Force is is getting rid of their their tiger stripe nonsense. Who? Yeah, I remember the initial Air Force really? uniforms that I, that I saw. They were like blue. They were like blue and like gray tiger stripe to blend in with nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the the boot the boots are like a blue suede. Yeah, it was really stupid looking. I mean, like over the top, and it, it sort of ignored the fact that the Air Force at the time actually was engaged in Iraq. Like, they were actually there, you know. You know, some of these security forces guys actually had to, like, uh, go out outside the wire and do, like, patrols and stuff um, in certain places. Um, and it's like, it, it, to me, in my opinion, if you have to trade in your normal uniform when you deploy for something else, then your normal uniform is, is something's wrong with it, you know. And that's what's great about the, the yeah. Marine Corps the digitals, I would say, but then again, the old woodlands had their had their charm, and they it, it almost would be kind of a relief to go back to it, just because uh, like the whole retro feel, I suppose. But uh, but like like Jeff said, I, I tend to agree that uh, that it's better to I guess maybe I don't know it, it it really sucked having to sit up all night polishing your boots and and uh, you know pressing your camis. It, it's it's one of those things where it's it's. It seemed like maybe a bigger deal than it was at the time, but... Oh, Gavin Gunny, that one last thing to bitch about. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, suede, suede boots, I mean, one, one last thing to 
crawling around in helicopters all day. Was that why who a didn't work on the flight line, you know, and b was at Paris Island before he came to our unit and expected your safety boots, your steel-toed safety boots, to be spit shined. There's hardly any leather left on um, toes, you know, and and here, here's this guy who's never done this job, planning that you know, ex- expecting things to be one way and not really realistic, especially the end of your end of your day at work. Yeah, we had a uh, <clears throat> we had a. Remember Gunny Flores? He was a... I don't know. Okay, well, he was our platoon sergeant for about three months, and he treated us all like we were... He was just straight from the drill field, and he treated us all like we were boots again. He actually had us form up every morning on the grinder, and he would uh, right-face us all to chow every morning at like 6.30 in the morning. Yep. And we'd, mark, we'd, we'd march the you know the 60 yards across the grinder to chow, and uh, it was most ridiculous thing ever he ended up taking over a company uh, i think he took over kilo or one of those and uh, he was the company first sergeant um and he ended up or no he was he had to be the company off chief or something like that and he uh and he would do that he would actually like get the entire company out. i remember at cax he took the entire company brought them out in front of like the little quonset huts and would and all in their field uniforms, and he would uh, you know put the, call them to attention, right face them, and marks them to the chow hall at Camp Wilson. I like, like, <laughs> you know that's that's just Marine Corps though. I mean, you know, we we did that, at, you know, hell, we did that on uh, you know Camp Fallujah, you know, uh, marching around. You know, we did that in you know Camp Bastion. You know, having a you know being on a British base, and you know, they march us to the chow hall. That's just Marine Corps. Um, I mean, honestly, God, if you read about uh, the uh, attack out of the Chosen Reservoir, I mean, they, um, you know, formed up and marched into the uh, the the last port, you know, where they were evacuating to. Uh, you know, that's, that's just that's Marine Corps right there, man. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it, it was just like um, I'm kind of getting off topic a little bit here, but I, I would guess that like the. Uh, the guys like that, like Gunny Flores, who loved to go inspect us every morning and would not tolerate the fact that there was a such thing as field camis, you know, um, would probably go nuts over the whole, you know, suede boots and, and not having something to, to nitpick and inspect. And I love that guy. Gunny Flores was a fantastic gunny. I'm not trying to knock him or anything. But just, uh, <laughs> but like, I, it's, it's got to be a relief in a sense. Or, or young Marines like Justin said don't know how good they have it these days with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, not having to polish their boots or yeah. iron their camps. Yeah, um, making sure everybody wears a skibby shirt under their blouse, or you know, if you wear white socks, uh, you know they'll they'll you know chew you up for that. I mean, you know, th- there's always going to be something, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's and then it's age. It's it's. I mean, if you look back, and I'm re- I'm actually doing this. There's a podcast called Hardcore History. I'm not sure if you all are aware of it or not. Um, but there's there's a great one on the Spartans that these that's on now and it talks about the uh, the kind of things that they used to do when they would nitpick you know and it's no different you know it's just a warrior culture that's just how it is and it's kind of the way you wanted I think to maintain a certain level of professionalism and and um, you know why do we do it because it's it's just part of the culture and it, it keeps us and it, as silly as it may seem to some I guess it does make uh, make sense in the greater scheme to hold ourselves to a higher standard than the other branches because, you know, if the the moment the Marine Corps stops focusing on things like that, the, that's when we, com- we become the Army, you know, and True. we lose our we lose our mission, basically. We lose our purpose. Anything else to add, guys? No, I think we covered it. All right, so we'll not talk about that again in a little bit. 
have a better discussion with actually bring in a current Marine and see what they think about uh, maybe a young Marine. Maybe we can find one that maybe thinks that uh, doesn't understand how it was. We can kind of give him a little old man lecture on how, how good he has it. But um, anyway, so moving on to the uh, outrage of the week. Um, outrage of the week um, comes to us from from my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, actually, this week. Um, and, and really, it, it centers sort of around football a little bit um, with the uh, uh, controversy, like in the last week. There is a Marine veteran who is a commissioner of a league named Justin, who's also a co-host of this show, incidentally. <laughs> um, and, uh, and another co-host named David, who's actually on this show as well, is in, is in his league, but he's not the commissioner. And the commissioner thought it would be hilarious to put Colin Kaepernick on his fantasy team this week. Uh, so that's our outrage of the week, and it really—it's pretty damn outrageous. And, and frankly, it's—it's uh, it's hopefully the terrible stop because what's really pissed me off though was it was during the draft that I—I I looked over at Justin. And I was like, "Can you believe Colin Kaepernick did not stand for the national anthem? That douchebag." And Justin kind of agreed with me and went on. And I was kind of disturbed by it, like, for the rest of the, the draft. And I left a little early before the last two or three rounds. And then I get a little text message saying, oh, by the way, you got Colin Kaepernick on your team. Congratulations. I'm like, God, oh, what an asshole. I, so, in my, in my, I could tell you were burnt. Like, it was, it was, it was bothering you all day. It, there, there'd be awkward pauses, not like awkward, just natural pauses in the draft or conversations. And, and you would... I still, I'm still mad about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You just, I didn't waste the pick. You needed a pullback, I guess, technically. So we got you one. I think the moment you didn't leave the table, that was the first word out of my mouth. Oh, he's getting Kaepernick. Oh, just we're going to make it towards the end, but he's, he's getting them. So you're welcome. Just something to remember me by. Yeah. And I appreciate it, yeah. So there's Outrage of the Week. So um, moving on to uh, – um, our Friday Libo brief from Jeff. If you drink, don't drive. Always wear your PPE. If you fight, you better win. That being said, if you're not sorry when you're doing it, you better be sorry when I NJP your ass for being a retard. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Careful using the R word. That was a that was a hard R. The final topic of discussion in this episode will be the uh, <clears throat> our favorite slash least favorite Marine Corps movies. Um, this is a pretty easy discussion to have for almost any group of Marines or military personnel in general. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with, uh, with you know what, I'll, I'll let Justin go first since he, he was eager to talk about this earlier. So go ahead, Justin. What, what's your favorite movies uh, and your least favorite, and tell me why. I think you have the, the two undisputed reigning Marine Corps movie champions, and that's uh, Full Metal Jacket and Heartbreak Rich. That's so solid. Beyond those two, my favorite Marine Corps movie is... Los Angeles. Strange, I know. It's kind of a sci-fi. Aliens are coming to Los Angeles and taking over stuff and they're filming in Pendleton. And, but really, if you... Has it, have y'all seen it? David, have you seen it? Oh, I've seen it, yeah. 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 I liked it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, you? Retreat Hill. I, I really... I, I didn't know what to think. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. And this thing, it had a lot of... of uh, the spirit of the Marine Corps in it more than I really ever thought. That. I didn't. I didn't even know when it came out that it was. I want to say a Marine Corps movie, but a movie that heavily involved Marines in the fighting. But it, I, I like the way that they really show that uh, that you don't leave somebody behind, and they're 
there's a mission to accomplish. It captured a lot of spirit that that uh, that reminded me of a lot of things I've been taught through my years in the Marine Corps. So that's probably my favorite. Not the two big heavy hitters. Outside of them, that's probably my favorite. My least favorite's probably Jarhead. I I didn't like it. Didn't get it. It seemed like one guy complaining about his time in the Marine Corps the whole time. You know, that's a good choice. Battle of Los Angeles, I didn't even think about that, but, you know, it really does have, I think it captures the Marine officer real well uh, in that in that officer in that movie. Um, I think he's a major mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, it it kind of reminded me of almost every officer I've ever had in the Marines. Like, uh, you know, like, I mean, and with, with my experience, at least, I, I always had very competent officers who were kind of selfless and, and, uh, and all that. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Uh, I enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, uh, they used uh, some of my Marines as extras. Uh, I would say my Marines uh, from Fox 2-7. Uh, they brought them in to be extras uh, for that movie. Um, That's awesome. But, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, they, uh, they, they definitely captured the, uh, you know, the Marineness that, you know, is, is often lost in a lot of movies or, or you know, fakes to the point of ridiculousness. Um, let's see what comes to mind. The uh, The new... Um, damn it! What's that movie? Uh, Wolverines. Help me out. Oh, a Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Yeah, the new Red Dawn. When they, when they got the two uh, guys that come in, they're supposed to be uh, Marsock or whatever, and they're just flaming fucking retards. <laughs> and, and they're they're like they're calling each other motard, but using it completely in the wrong context. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny in, in that in that movie. It was like they kept using all these like really tired kind of like. You know, uh, just like cliche Marine, stuff Marines never say. Like, I can't yes. remember any of the lines off the top of my head. It was like, uh, Marines don't die. We just go to hell and regroup. I'm like, I've never heard a Marine actually say that. That's something a poolie says, you know, or a t shirt that a poolie wears, you know. <laughs> it's like, a, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's you see exactly a t shirt. I was going to say, I mean, that's you see that shit walking yeah. around Oceanside before they get beat up by their seniors. <laughs> yeah. And and as far as that's, that's that's a good choice. I didn't think about that. You know, you guys both have opened my opened my horizons. I was just gonna say Jarhead, and move on. But but uh, but yeah, my issue with Jarhead. First off, they filmed part of it at uh, George Air Force Base. If you look closely, uh, one of the barracks scenes is at the old abandoned uh, Air Force barracks at George Air Force Base. Where we did if the uh, LCAX, the or yeah, UCAX. The, the UCAX, UCAX. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was all there, but. Um, but I really hated that drill instructor in that movie because he, again, is always full of canned cliches, and he's talked in a way that drill instructors never talk. Um, also, he had a mustache, which I thought was really strange because I never saw, and all the time I was on Paris Island, I never saw a drill instructor with a mustache, personally. They may exist. I don't know. Right. I'm not saying it's rare, but I thought it was just an odd choice. And, like, then he smashes his head, like, into the, uh, like, into the, uh, like, whiteboard or whatever, and I was like, eh. Chocolate. I don't know. I don't really yeah, I don't really bow that. Like it's it just seemed stupid and and overdone and and then like like Justin was saying, the whole movie's whiny and and like this whole like if you ever re- I'm not sure I've you ever read the book. I mean, it's I, I, apparently I, I started reading it for a little bit and it was just all this pissy kind of hating on the Marine Corps stuff. So I didn't like it. I think the best ones, Full Metal Jacket, Heartbreak Ridge. I would say Heartbreak Ridge probably wins, even though it has some problems. You know some. Some uh, realism problems, I would say, but because no major, no colonel, no anybody is going to talk that way to a Congressional Medal of Honor winner. But uh, but still, no. I mean, I, I, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, but it's still, it's, it's. I think it's, it's probably the movie that captures the Marine Corps culture the best. Because um, I think Gunny Highway was what every every staff NCO aspires to be, ultimately. Yeah, talking about Jarhead, the uh, the field fuck scene. Uh, I mean that that captures uh, the infantry to it. Yeah, but you're right. The, the field fuck scene from from Jarhead was was on the money. I would say um, I saw that happen like in person, probably at least twenty or thirty times, or something similar to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the the kind of open blatant, you know, it did, I guess it did capture part of that, like the the old the whole blatant like misogyny slash racism slash all that stuff that we do to each other that we tolerate because we know it's it's all done in jest and in brotherhood. Um, yeah, I think they do a good job of capturing that. I guess didn't like the fact that it really kind of I don't know. And, and Jamie Fox I think does a good job. Um, being just about every, you know, witty. In fact, he should have been the drill instructor probably, because he. That's that's kind of what he reminded me of more was, like witty and kind of. Uh, yeah. Always was some, always something good to say basically, <laughs> uh, but uh, and, and again, my hatred for Jarhead really has to do with the, uh, the. Um, it's kind of it's kind of an anti Marine Corps. I don't it know, is. Math. And, and it the, is. do you remember? Do you remember Gunny Vay from a Toe Platoon? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do, actually. I, I, yeah, Gunny Vay. He was in uh, Swalford's uh, sniper platoon uh, during, uh, I was about to say, oh, uh, during, uh, I mean, he and he knew Swalford and, and did not uh, hold him in very high regard. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Cause I kind of always, I've always had that impression that he was, that he was kind of a douche and kind of a sh- turd, you know. Um, but he wrote a book. They made a bunch of money off of it and got a movie option, yeah. so good for him, I guess. But um, so, what do y'all think of? Uh, I don't know, Justin. What do you think of Full Metal Jacket? It, it, it's it's a great prep for boot camp, I guess. To and it, it, obviously, a lot's changed uh, between the Vietnam era and boot camp now. But uh, I, I do love the fact that Arlie Army uh, in the initial boot camp scene uh, was unscripted. And just mm-hmm. went went full Arlie Ermey on on the rest mm-hmm. of the cast there. That's a little known fact, but he's it was it was awesome. I, I love it. Um, I I think the boot camp part is the best. The rest of the movie's okay, but I really really love um, the, the tales at Paris Island with them. Uh, yeah, learning to be Marines. That, that's my favorite part. The rest of it's it's pretty good, but I like it. I, I think. I think that overall, it's 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 really the best portrayal of boot camp out there, uh, even today. Um, and even if it's a little over the top in some places, uh, I would be willing to bet at the time that it's portraying, it's not over the top. It was probably more like that. I, the thing I noticed, the thing I noticed about uh, Full Metal Jacket, which I always thought was funny, was the tons of space that they have in that squad bay. It is like the biggest squad bay ever. Like sure. they have, like they can like they, run marathons at that. They they filmed it in England actually I I don't know if y'all knew that yeah they yeah if you look closely when they're when they're running you can look at some of the signs and they're actually they're they're British streets and stuff because um, uh, Stanley Kubrick films all of his movies in England um, but um, yeah the only the only scene that they filmed that was a quote unquote film at Paris Allen was a stock shot of their graduation uh, if you look close you can see like once it's stock footage and it's not actually them. But then it zooms in and it shows like uh, 
and it shows like the, the the platoon actually marching and then they're back in England. So actually all the Vietnam scenes were in England. It's it's crazy. It's really a, in a quite a feat and Stanley Kubrick is kind of a master. So um yeah. It's it's definitely the quintessential Marine Corps movie. I would say so. I would say it's it's the one that the first one I ever saw, kind of the one that got me interested in the Marine Corps in the first place, I would say. What else? Anything else out there that I'm not thinking of? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it uh, qualifies, being that it's not a movie quote, but uh, what about Generation Kill? Yeah, Generation Kill. And you know what? This is crazy, and I know it's 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 a heresy, but I have never seen it all the way through. What? Uh, yeah, I have never seen it all the way through. Um, I guess for some reason, I guess it's always on the list of things to see, and I guess never did. Um, I think that uh, from what I saw of it, at least, it looked accurate. Generation Kill is is um, I, I, like again, if I haven't seen it all the way through, I'll let uh, I'll let you talk about it, Jeff. Oh well, I mean, it's uh, it just I mean that's that's sort of like my um, my generation's Full Metal Jacket, if if that makes sense, or my generation's. Um, you know, Heartbreak Ridge, it's, you know, it's about, you know, uh, stuff that I did, you know, I mean, well, not, you know, First Recon stuff, but, you know, like the uh, the invasion, and, you know, we can yeah. we can all, um, you know, remember what it's like to wear mop suits and, you know, you know going up to, you know, mop four and uh, for no reason and you just deal with bullshit and that, you know, god-awful freaking road trip to Baghdad, you know. Uh, it's yeah. It's sort of like my movie, you know. Yeah. I, 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 again, it's 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 shameful. I admit that I haven't seen it. There was one. There was one back in the uh, in the day, like in 2004, that was called Over There. That was on FX, and I yeah. never actually watched it. I was real suspicious of it because it looked like it had like a bunch of left wing political motives to it, but uh, <clears throat> I never yeah. heard if it was good or bad. It wasn't terrible. FX I got the uh, things wrong. It, it was. Sorry. Right. Favorite bad Marine Corps movie is a uh, Siege of Firebase Gloria. Siege. That's Arlie uh, Army as well. That's Lee Army too. He's in that. Yes, it is. That is my that is my all time favorite terrible movie. Interesting. I've never seen that one. Never seen that. It's what terrible. Say, and you'll love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. I, I was going to touch on Generation Kill. It really did capture. We're talking about the misogyny, the racism, and and whatnot. It's not really racist. Obviously, you know, you the things that are said to mean per se. Generation Kill had that exact script that you have in the in the barracks where you're hanging out. And like I said before, if the Marine Corps had a serious HR department, there'd be no Marine Corps because the way we talk to each other is grossly inappropriate to the outside world. Generation Kill nailed it. Okay, well, we'll probably come back to this a little later. Um... Because there's a million things we can talk about in this kind of in this realm, but uh, to wrap things up, go ahead and take us to our memorial moment there, Justin. Tonight we're going to remember uh, Jason Lee Dunham, who was born on the Marine Corps birthday, 10 November 1981, uh, and he passed on 22 April 2004. He uh, was a three, the 3-7 Marine. He died in the Iraq War. He uh, he deliberately covered a grenade um, while they were under attack to uh, to protect his, his fellow Marines, which every time you hear that stupid brutal Mars, I'd catch a grenade for you, Solomon. There are actually people out there who have done this and will continue to do this for their brothers. Um, he received the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor for, uh, for his actions that day, and uh, he's a hero, and, and here's to you, Corporal Dunham. Thank you for doing that. And also, as a side note, um, <clears throat> Jason Dunham is... 
was in the same unit that I was in with Jeff. Um, I never actually met him. Uh, did you meet him, Justin? Me? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jeff. No, no, I, I don't. I don't think I ever met him. I mean, I met him in passing. Um, I think he was checking in as I was checking out, and I mean, it's not like we ever spoke or anything. But you know, that's as, as close as we ever got. Yeah, and uh, and he's a first Marine Corps vet, uh, first Marine to get the Medal of Honor since Vietnam, I believe. So, yeah, Simplify, uh, Jason Dunham. <laughs>